Hello, one and all. Welcome back. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Back on the best show you've never listened to. And I don't know why I just started doing the tagline now. This has been the tagline ever since the show started at William Penn. The best show you've never listened to. And I also had, I have the perfect face for radio. Get it? Because I'm not on screen? Because I'm ugly? Ha! <laughs> Funny. So my dad always used to tell me when I was younger. And I apologize dearly. I truly, truly apologize for not having a show on Monday. And I will tell you why. Because this weekend was freaking ridiculous for yours truly. And not in any real bad ways. It's just a long weekend, pretty much. Some exciting parts, some not so exciting parts. So we'll start on Friday night. Friday night, I watched The Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious for the first time ever. Yes, ever. And I, in my day, in my day, I have seen a lot of terrible movies. And the two worst movies, in my opinion, I've seen a vast catalog of terrible movies with some of my childhood friends. We have watched hundreds, if not thousands, probably over an exaggeration, but a lot of very bad movies. And the two worst I've ever seen. Number one, the worst movie of all time, and I'm very adamant that this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Battlefield Earth is the worst movie of all time. Battlefield Earth. It's got John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker in it, and it's based loosely, or maybe fully, I'm not 100% sure, but around some of the ideas of Scientology. It is long, and nothing happens. The people that I watch these terrible movies with, Aaron and Drew, mostly. We watched a ton of bad movies over our lifetime. We used to go to Village Inn with, along with our other friends, Aaron and Jacob, or Isaac and Jacob, sorry. We would go to Village Inn on Wednesdays. Village Inn used to have, now I don't know how many villages are still around kicking it, but Village Inn used to have a free pie Wednesday. And you, the thing with the free, you got to have, you have to buy something off the menu. Well, us being, you know, big brains, go, well, we'll just buy a drink. <laughs> so we'd all get a pop, and through the technicality of you have to buy something, it didn't state how big the thing had to be, just, you had to buy something. And by every letter of the law, we bought something. We bought a drink. <laughs> by that, we got free pie. Or, we would cheat the system even more and get a la mode, which means you're getting pie with ice cream. We would pay for the ice cream and get free pie. So you would leave there with like a, a dollar, two dollars out of your bank account that from that night. And then we would go and watch a bad movie. But it all started from Pirates of the Caribbean. The newest one was coming out. So we started this thing on Wednesdays. It gave us kind of an excuse to hang out. We were all in college, so we weren't seeing each other as we as much as we used to. So we would go to Village Inn, hang out, watch Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Watched all of them, and then we, it climaxed with the new one. And then once we were done with that, we were like, well, this is pretty fun. Let's keep doing this. We called it Pirates Night. Obviously, Pirates of the Caribbean. You got pie. You get it? It's pretty pretty monumental stuff going on over there. But after we were done with Pirates of the Caribbean, we just started going off of bad movies. So like any bad movie you could really think of, we watched it. Now, these are enjoyable movies. Sometimes they're just bad for the sake of being bad. But there's been some parts recently, or some movies recently, that have just tried to be bad. Making them even worse than what they originally anticipated on being. Now, if you just went through the... If you were innocent about it, you had there was heart behind it. 
like Birdemic. There's heart behind Birdemic. It's bad. But there's soul behind it. If you've watched the stuff about Birdemic and how it got made and the director and all that stuff, and he went to, I think it was a Sundance movie festival, with a freaking car decorated in Birdemic stuff, blasting his horrific bird noises that I can't remember what were all the combinations of sounds were. Like, you've seen all the combinations of sounds Jurassic Park used for the T-Rex roar. Pretty much the same thing for the Birdemic screams. I'm not even call it squawking. It's just screaming. Bloody murder. And he's just blasting this right in front of the Sundance Music Movie Festival. Like, he wanted this to be big, even though it was complete ass. There was soul there. There was soul in the first room. Or I guess there was only one room, but the first Birdemic. We watched the rest of the Birdemic movies. Bad, but they were trying to be bad. Birdemic, the first one... Went in trying to be a good movie. And it was bad. And that was what made it a cult classic. That's why no one talks about the other Birdemic movies. Because they were a money grab. And they sold their soul. Pretty much. Now The Room, same thing. Tommy Wiseau thought it was going to be a good movie. It was not. And it's become a cult classic. And I love The Room. I love Birdemic. Troll 2. I don't know if that really... (laughs) I don't know if that had a soul. They obviously had a plan in place. At least I like to think they had a plan in place. Of naming a troll, a movie Troll 2, without ever having a Troll 1. I, I, don't, I don't know what the thought process was. And not, I, don't, I, I could be wrong. It's been a little bit since I've seen Troll 2. I don't think they mentioned the word Troll once the entire movie. The town they are going to is Nilbog. Which, backwards, is Goblin. They're all a bunch of goblins. They're not trolls. Now, I don't know if trolls and goblins are necessarily the exact same thing. I don't think they are. Could be wrong about that. I've always thought they were different. But I don't think they say the word troll one time. And the movie is called Troll 2. Not Trolls 2. Troll 2. (laughs) They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Oh my god. You know that. One of the greatest scenes ever. Then you've got Battlefield Earth. Which is just bad for the sake of being bad. No real point behind it. Takes forever to get going. We were not even, probably just before halfway in the movie, I look over to my right, and Drew's falling asleep. It's me, Drew, and Aaron. Drew's falling asleep. Like, how much longer do we have in this stupid movie? Good lord, we're not even halfway! We're we're gonna try and watch the rest of this god-awful movie? And then the other movie that I think is the second worst movie I've ever seen, Megaconda. Not Anaconda with Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube, Megaconda. Terrible. Like, Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs, great movie. I mean, not great, but fun to watch movie. (laughs) Megaconda, similar story to that of Battlefield Earth. There's stuff that you think's going on, but it's just a whole lot of really nothing. And this isn't a movie that came out in the 90s, but watching the snake move around, you'd think it came out in, like, the, the 1500s or something like that. The snake got animated, probably by a dude that's blind, that never edited anything or created anything, animated anything ever in his life. He's like, hey, they went to the random, they went on the street, walked up to a random person and said, hey, have you ever worked in movies before? Uh, no, I don't think so. This is the guy getting asked, talking. No, I don't think so. The director goes, oh, well, you'll be perfect. We need an animator to animate this giant snake. And then you also have, like, avalanche sharks. <laughs> Great movie. Um... 
there's one more movie that I'm trying to think of that I really, really enjoyed. Velocipaster. Velocipaster. I think that was more of they knew they were going to be bad. I think that one was self-aware, which made it a little less fun to watch, but still very enjoyable. But back to the original thing. Fast and Furious. Never seen them before in my life. And <laughs> there was, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around watching it. There was too many memes in it that I just wanted to avoid at all costs. And the more and more my two friends were telling me about this, not Drew and Aaron or Isaac and Jacob, Preston and Noah, the more they were telling me about this, the more I was like, how haven't I watched these? Like, you go over all the bad movies I've watched, and I've watched many more than the ones I mentioned. Those are just the memorable ones. But how have I not seen Fast and Furious? So I got, I came to that realization, I was like, let's watch Fast and Furious. Or The Fast and The Furious, as the first one is called. I don't think that's called that the rest of the series. But man, Too Fast, Too Furious was <laughs> oh, the best line I think I've ever heard ever in any movie, not just bad movies and good movies, everything. Paul Walker walking out of wherever they're, they're talking to their cop friends. Paul Walker's not a cop anymore. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Fast and Furious. And Tyrese, can't remember his name in the movie, but Tyrese, they walk out and Tyrese is asking Paul Walker what was just going on. Paul Walker goes, forget about it. Or I don't want to talk about it. Something along those lines. And then they go a little bit farther down the line <laughs> and Paul Walker goes, I said forget about it, cuh. It is the greatest line I've ever heard in movie history Ever. I said forget about it, cuh. Now, you don't know who Paul Walker is. Imagine the whitest dude ever with, like, Justin Timberlake mixed with Slim Shady haircut walking out with Tyrese saying, I said forget about it, cuh. Not even cuz. I said forget about it, cuh. It does not work. <laughs> and that's what makes it so beautiful. Ludacris is also in this one as well. And Vin Diesel is not... I think Vin Diesel's in it once. I noticed this in the movie. I don't know if it's actually true. It looked like Vin Diesel. One of the cops, when they're chasing Tyrese and Paul Walker, when they got the two bad guys with them, they're going to take the money to the big gangster guy. I think Vin Diesel's a cop. I don't know if it's actually him. Didn't double-check it, but man. <laughs> After watching them, I, even, I left it with even more questions on why I hadn't seen them before. And that's just on Friday. Good lord. And then Saturday. Oh boy. Logan gets up on Saturday morning after an exhilarating night of watching The Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious. And Logan has to go clean out a suck truck. Which for those of you aren't aware, it is a tube or a metal container or whatever. That you put a hose in the ground or in the washout bin. It sucks all the water out. And once the water, you know, it's got concrete in it so it hardens. And you have to clean it out. And the only ways you can get it out is through this, I don't know, not, this is say not a very big hole. I don't have the scientific numbers for you on how big this hole is, but not a very big hole. It took about five hours to clean out a not very big bin. Like if you know a normal twin size bed, that's about what the width and length of this thing is. Maybe a, maybe a full bed. That's how big it is. And you can't stand in it unless you're about five foot five. <laughs> I mean, when I say stand, you can stand in it, obviously, I was doing it, but you can't stand up straight. 
your back is killing you the entire time, and unsurprisingly, there's no air conditioning. So it's very freaking hot in there. That took five hours, and then uh, we went on later. It was my friend Drake's birthday. It was his birthday Thursday. We're going out to hang out. Hung out Saturday night. And randomly we bring up, hey, let's go to, have you, when's the last time any of you went to Adventureland? So you know what? We go to Adventureland Sunday. So we're there from about 1.30 to 7.30. I didn't get home till about 10. I was like, oh man, I should probably go and record the show. Preseason football just went on this weekend. The Premier League was back. Barcelona played their first competitive game without Messi. Real Madrid, Barcelona, just two completely different teams that we're used to growing up watching. But I couldn't. <laughs> I was freaking exhausted. It was, mi- I mean, I, I wasn't miserable. I was very happy. I enjoyed my day. I enjoyed my weekend. But I was just beat. And I didn't think we would talk 13 minutes about my bad movies. Most of this being about my bad movies. And just a snippet about Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and Saturday, we saw Manchester United win 5-1 over Leeds. Which is freaking awesome. Bruno Fernandez, or Bruno Fernandes as FIFA calls him sometimes, scored a freaking hat trick. Paul Pogba had three assists last season. Had four against Leeds United. Bruno Fernandez, uh, I mean not Bruno, Mer- Mason Greenwood scored a goal as well in the game. And then... Who's the other goal? I'm completely forgetting who the other goal was. Greenwood? Fred! Fred scored a goal. You know how good Manchester United are playing if Fred is scoring goals? Now, it wasn't like the most difficult finish ever, but it wasn't easy. But Manchester Luke Ayling, credits where credit's due, great goal. But Manchester United, that was a great game. And the thing is, people were so looking in, locked in on Manchester United's win... 5-1, which is very impressive, very big thing to talk about. And everyone's like, oh, th- they did this a few years ago, remember? They spanked Chelsea 4-0 a few years ago at <laughs> the first game of the season. But the other teams they're competing with for the top spot, other than Man City, who I have no doubt will rectify their season coming up. I'm not going to write Manchester City off after losing to Tottenham. Especially since I still think they're going to get Harry Kane somehow or another. Since Harry Kane didn't play in the game against Man City. Son Hung Min, amazing player. Great goal as well. Not suspect defending for Man City. They haven't played a lot of games together as a full team. They didn't have a full preseason. A lot of their best players are still out. They don't really have a recognized striker. Jack Grealish's first game has no experience playing with this team. And he's just expected to start week one. And go full guns blazing. I'm not expecting a lot from Jack Grealish in his first game as Manchester City player. But other than Man City losing 1-0 to Tottenham, which I think, again, they'll figure it out. I don't think they're going to finish bottom of the league. But they're they're top rivals in the league. Chelsea beat Crystal Palace 3-0 without Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku. Pulisic got on the score sheet. was freaking awesome. Then you have... Liverpool beating Norwich 3-0. So, like, two of the three teams you're going to compete realistically competing for the title for all won big by a combined score of 6-0. Now, Manchester United scored five on their their own, but just because they scored five, their goal difference is only one goal different than Chelsea and Liverpool. 
Manchester United have a plus four goal difference. Chelsea and Liverpool have a plus three. And then also you got other games going on this weekend. Brentford beat Arsenal, which on one hand is kind of surprising just compared to the size of the two clubs. On the other hand, Brentford's first appearance in the Premier League at home against a relatively weak Arsenal team. You got all the momentum for coming up through the leagues, and now they just smacked Arsenal around. 2-0. Then you have Aston Villa, a team that I predicted to finish in the top 10, lose to a team I had finishing 19th, 3-2. <laughs> now, similarly to Man City, a lot of their deals have been done relatively quickly, so I don't expect them to be guns ablazing already. But yeah, Everton unsurprisingly took care of Southampton 3-1. Leicester beat Wolves 1-0. What other games went on? Brighton beat Burnley 2-1. Newcastle lost to West Ham 4-2. Mikel Antonio rocking the number 9 for West Ham. Very cool to see. Love Mikel Antonio. One of the most hardworking players, most versatile players in the Premier League. Finally has a position. He was given the number 9 jersey. When you're given the number 9 jersey, you're not playing all over the field. You are the striker. 99% of the time, if you're wearing the number 9 jersey, you're the striker. Now there's obviously odd occurrences, like Leon Bailey playing at Bayer Leverkusen, war number 9. He wasn't their recognized striker. He could play as a striker, but he was mostly coming off the right, cutting it on his left foot. Like all these teams, Man City, Gabriel Jesus, striker. West Ham, Mikel Antonio. Newcastle, Joe Linton. Or no, Callum Wilson wears number nine now. I just saw that this weekend. Liverpool, Roberto Firmino. Where's number nine? Play striker. Aston Villa, Wesley. Play striker. Watford, Troy Deeney. Play striker. Leicester, Jamie Vardy. <laughs> Wolves, Raul Jimenez. Southampton, Adam Armstrong. Everton, Kyle... Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Good Lord, I was, I was going to call him something different. Chelsea, we're going to assume Roma, Romelu Lukaku is going to wear number nine since Tammy Abraham just went to Roma. Crystal Palace. It was Andre Ayew. I don't know if he still plays there or not. It could be Christian Benteke. I could be wrong. I should have double-checked Crystal Palace. Brighton, Neil Mope. Burnley, Chris Wood. Leeds, Patrick Bam from Manchester United. Anthony Martial, Brentford. Should have done more research. I've heard Tony wear 17. And Arsenal, Alexander Lacazette. Every single team on that list that wears number nine is a striker. Okay? <laughs> and Mikel Antonio is finally wearing it. He's not playing it right back or left back or right wing or left wing or center midfield or attacking midfield. No, he's their striker. And I'm very happy about that. Because he's a very hardworking player. West Ham's a very easy team to cheer for. They're obviously rivals with like Arsenal and Tottenham, just the London things. But no one really hates West Ham. They got dickhead owners that are called the Dildo Brothers. And there's a relatively easy team to go, yeah, let's go West Ham. Same with Everton. I, I think a lot of people really like Everton just because of the fact they they give away a lot of really good players. <laughs> More often than not, namely Wayne Rooney and Romelu Lukaku. But man, Chelsea with Lukaku, they're going to be scary. They're going to be a scary team to watch with Lukaku. I don't know if he's going to get some action this weekend or not. Time will tell on that. Rafael Varane from Manchester United. He was debuted or unveiled Saturday right before the game against Leeds. And he's been unveiled, I guess, about a thousand times this weekend. <laughs> Which I'm getting sick and tired of. I'm liking all the tweets and all the Instagram posts because it's exciting. But I'm getting tired of seeing the, the unveilings of Rafael Varane. I get it. 
It's a big signing. It's a big deal. He's won a lot of Champions League. Won a World Cup. One of the best center backs in the world. Should be in his prime. Very exciting signing. God, cost less than Ben White, who was just playing for Brighton. Who, in his own right, very talented young defender. Younger, but that's the English tax for you. You're overpaying for an English player, even though he's not as good currently as the, the foreigner, I guess. Now, there is that whole aspect of Rafael Varane might not be able to adapt to the Premier League. There's a lot of great players that have not really adapted. Andrei Shevchenko won the Ballon d'Or with AC Milan, could not adapt to the Premier League with Chelsea. There's a lot of other players that could you could say that about. There were great players other places. Juan Sebastian Verón, great player over in Italy. Couldn't do it in the Man- with Manchester United. But it always seems to be more in the Premier League than anything. If you didn't make it in the Premier League, you didn't make it as a player. If you didn't make it in the Premier League, that means you're not that good of a player. Because the Premier League's perceived to be this big league where everything's super competitive and very physical. And it's true. It is probably... Now, the money in it is making things a little bit different nowadays. But out of the big top five leagues in Europe, which is the Premier League in England, La Liga in Spain, Ligue 1 in France, then you've got Serie A in Italy, and the Bundesliga in Germany. Out of those five, the Premier League is the most competitive. But it also has the most money, which means it can attract the biggest players. Because you know they ain't coming for the weather in England. <laughs> All the other countries have relatively nice weather. Except for England, where it rains probably 75-80% of the time. But it's different brand of soccer, different brand of football. It's not as fast-paced as La Liga. It's not as defense-driven as Syria, but it's just very physical. It's overall it's just a very physical league, and yeah, it gets judged pretty quickly if you cannot cut it in the Premier League. And you know, who also doesn't get enough time. Like if you don't make it here, you're a complete failure. Quarterbacks in the NFL. You like that transition? I think that was a pretty nice transition there. And we've got a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL now. But one thing I would like to start off with, (laughs) we had two quarterbacks get cut from their respective teams today. One of them is a tight end. Quarterback turned tight end in Tim Tebow. That thing, Tim Tebow, and it's not just the block that he threw in the first preseason game. That's going to get talked about a lot. If you saw practice stuff, he didn't look that good blocking there either. Like, it it just didn't look like it was working out. And I'm not surprised it wasn't working out. He's not a natural tight end. He didn't play a lot of special teams. Now, if you're going to make this transition, you've got to at least have some bearing of knowing how to block. Tim's just a big dude. That doesn't mean he knows how to block. Blocking, for has un... I don't know, appreciated, I guess? Or unflattering, as it is? It's an art form. Not a very pretty one. You're doing all the dirty work. But if you didn't have any blockers there, the game would look a lot different. Look a whole hell of a lot different. If you can't block as a tight end, that's a little bit of an issue. Especially at his age. He's in his 30s. He ain't a spring chicken anymore. If he did this, like, originally, if when he went to the Eagles, or is that whatever his last team was? Eagles, Jets, or Patriots? Don't remember which one was his last team. If you went to that, that well, it wasn't the Jets because he went there right after the Broncos, but... If you switched to tight end then, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation because he was still in football shape. There is such a thing 
as being in shape for a specific sport. There's completely different things in different sports. You look at Michael Jordan's body, it wasn't going to work in baseball. He has no lower body. Baseball, you need lower body. A lot of torque and a lot of the speed of the pitch, your bat swing, whatever, comes from below the hips. Or hips down, pretty much. Tim Tebow was built for that. But he's not working on the same things that you work on in the NFL. Or in just football in general. They're completely different workouts. Rightly or wrongly. They're not saying either one's better than the other one. But for your specific sport, you got to do those sports-specific workouts. And Tim was not doing that in baseball. And you saw that <laughs> when he tried to transition to the NFL as a tight end. And I think everybody knew. Now, there's obviously this... You know, the really stupid people out there, there's a lot of stupid people out there. I mean, you drive on the roads, you see a lot of stupid people out there. But this move was only happening because Urban Meyer was the head coach. That was it. There was no political bias behind it. He lives next to Urban Meyer. <laughs> that was, he played for Urban Meyer at Florida. The only coach that was going to give him a chance in the NFL as a tight end was Urban Meyer. That was it. There's no political thing behind it. It's just that they're friends. And friends help other friends out. When you see a friend down bad, you're going to try your best and help a friend. Now, Tim Tebow down bad versus, you know, I don't know, Timothy down bad, just random dude. They're different things. But when you see a guy who is one of the greatest athletes in college football history, one of the greatest quarterbacks in college football history, you see that and go, well, I could probably help him out. He had great success with us in Florida. One of the freaking Heisman and Natty. Like, we got... I'll help him out. I should double-check the Natty, because I'm second-guessing myself. I know he did win one, but he wasn't the starter at the time. I don't remember if he actually won one or not. I know they won a Sugar Bowl against Cincinnati, of all teams, with Tony Pike at quarterback, but I don't remember if they won a Natty themselves. Could be completely wrong about this. They might have beaten Oklahoma... Was that the year they won one? Because I know they beat Ohio State like 42-14 to with Chris Leak. But did Tim Tebow himself win one? First sophomore to win the Heisman Trophy. But... See, I'm remembering all that stuff for some ridiculous reason. But I can't remember if they won a national championship. Because that was about the same time Alabama started getting really good. But all in all, best friends. Or not maybe not best friends, but friends. And, you know, friendships can only go so far. If you don't think, and I've asked my dad this before, because it was an old thing in a 2K, when you could do the journey or whatever, what was it called in 2K? I don't really play 2K that much anymore. My career, and there was the G, you could have an agent. You were either going to go with the super agent or go with your friend. Which one are you going to go with? More often than not, you're going to go with your friend. Now, I get the benefits of going with the super agent thing. But if your friend doesn't work out, you're going to drop him. <laughs> And Tim Tebow was not going to help the Jaguars in really any way whatsoever. Watching the practice stuff, watching the game stuff, he was not helping the Jaguars in any way, shape, or form. Now, I am surprised it happened this early. I thought he would last at least till week four in preseason to get cut. I didn't think he'd be on the first wave of cuts for the Jaguars. But again, not surprised he got cut. He looked awful. <laughs> he didn't look in shape. Didn't look like he ever put on pads before. So I, I'm not surprised he got cut. But I'm also not surprised he was on the Jaguars in the first place. Some people are kind of, were surprised when they saw he signed there. But no, hey, 
I just got an update on Twitter. The Cubs actually won a game. <laughs> I saw something that this is the first time in MLB history or something that there have been six 12-game losing streaks and the Cubs have one of them. I think they're on an 11-game one here just until <laughs> tonight. You beat the Reds 2-1. Very nice. But the other cut that happened today that I'm not really surprised about either is Josh Rosen. Rosen the Chosen or Chosen Rosen, whatever the hell you want to call him. He ain't chosen by anybody. He's not on the team. <laughs> this is the former number 10 pick in the 2018 draft class. Now, I think Josh Rosen has all the talent in the world. I don't know if he does now, but when he got drafted, not everything was working upstairs, if you know what I'm saying. That dude, who seems very smart, was super immature. You you can hear us talk about Josh Rosen when T-Boy was on the podcast back in February. Talked about Josh Rosen and his maturity and why he didn't make it as an NFL quarterback to this point. Now, obviously, that's subject to change. We bring up Jim Plunkett a lot because he's a prime example of a quarterback that didn't work in one place and then ended up being very successful in another one, winning two Super Bowls with the Raiders. I'm not saying Josh Rosen will do that because I don't know if a lot of teams really like him like that anymore. Because the things that Josh Rosen that hurt him the most as regards to just playing, we're not going to talk mental things, attitude, that was what really scares teams away. But he's skinny. He doesn't move very fast. He's very slow. And he's injury prone. Those are three things that hurt him in the whole process of getting on another NFL roster. Now, if he makes on an NFL roster, I'm pretty confident it'd be the same thing that happened in San Francisco, going as a practice squad addition with a chance to compete for a roster spot. Not a starting spot, a roster spot. Now, Josh Rosen coming in the 2018 draft. This is how crazy the NFL draft is, just in general, of how this works. <laughs> of how, like, the two quarterbacks that were seen as the top two guys in the 2018 draft class were Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Do you know who the two best are? The two that everybody, apart from a few people, said that were going to be the worst. And Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Baker Mayfield's right where pretty much everybody thought he'd be. <laughs> Just a, a good quarterback. There weren't a lot of people out there that thought he'd be absolutely atrocious. He was a very great college quarterback. So there wasn't a lot of people that thought he'd be just an absolute train wreck in the NFL. Now, there's obviously some cases that there's exceptions to every rule. But Darnold and Rosen, Darnold was supposedly a can't-miss prospect, the easily best quarterback in this draft class, the gun that was ready to play right away. In reality, he was the first one to play right away. He started week one for the, the Jets against the Lions, and his first throw was a pick six that he threw across his body, which is what you get taught in lesson one at quarterback school. Never throw across your body, and then never throw across your body across the field. Those are two very bad <laughs> situations that you don't want to put together. It's one of the first things you learned, and that was his first throw in the NFL. Now the Jets ended up winning the game fairly handily against the Detroit Lions. And then Josh Allen started way earlier than what he was supposed to because of Nathan Peterman playing like, I don't know, I could literally name any person. That's pretty much what he played like. <laughs> because he posted 0.00 QBR. That is pretty damn impressive. You have to try and do that. I think I saw something that if he chucked the ball into the ground, every single pass attempt, he'd have a better passer rating or something ridiculous like that. Josh Rosen started relatively soon because, you know, he had Sam Bradford there. 
who, like Rosen, is a little, a little skinnier, slow, and injury-prone. Just a worked out perfect in Arizona. And then when you've got a quarterback coming in that the coach that you just hired back in October said if he had the number one pick in the draft, he'd draft Kyler Murray. Wouldn't you know it? The dude's got the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> and guess who's the number one quarterback prospect? The reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. Regardless of what his height situation was at the Combine, he was going number one in Arizona. I know he toyed with the idea of that at that time, of Kyler Murray not going number one because of the whole Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams thing, where they were the top two players in the draft. Quinn and Williams is finally starting to look like a you know decent NFL player. Nick Bosa was dominant from the get-go. But Kyler Murray was always going to Arizona. No matter how many times we wanted to deny it, he was going to Arizona, regardless of the height situation. And Rosen, subsequently, was traded to Miami, who was supposed to compete for a starting spot. But when you're on a team that just is trying to tank, you're going to a team that you know is not committed to you. They literally, Their owner literally came out and said, we're tanking for Tua. <laughs> if not actually saying it, he hinted at it a thousand times. He traded away everybody. And the Dolphins just traded for, uh, I think, Greg Little today, the tackle from the Panthers. It's, it's Josh, there's two sides to this thing for me. On one hand, I think Josh Rosen is very talented. He is the, one of the best arms, if given time, but the things we've talked about are very negative. He's very skinny, he can't move, he's injury prone, and he's got an attitude problem. Those are four things that are not very beneficial and four things you don't build your franchise around which is why he has lasted so shortly at all these teams. He has played for four teams in three years. I'm not counting this year, obviously, because he hasn't played it yet. The Cardinals, Dolphins, people forget about this one, the Buccaneers and the Card and the 49ers. This is the number two prospect out of the quarterbacks in the 2018 draft class, according to pretty much everybody. And he is out <laughs> of the league. For right now, I'm expecting him to get signed by at least somebody. I don't know who. Because in almost every team, you have either a quarterback in place, a young quarterback that they want ready to play, or a team that has an idea in place. Like the Texans, where they're going for the number one pick and arguably going for Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler. They have a plan in place. Every other team out there has a guy. So Rosen is not competing for starting spots. He's competing for roster spots, which is not what anybody realistically thought would happen in the 2018 draft class. Out of all the quarterbacks, this was not supposed to happen. Everybody said it was a perfect situation in Arizona until it wasn't. And people want to say, oh, if he was in Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson situation, I agree with Lamar Jackson's thing. You had John Harbaugh there. You have... A steady team that has a history, ever since they moved to Baltimore, a history of being competitive and signing good players. You have Joe Flacco there. You have all these pieces in place. Buffalo, Rosen would have faded out faster in Buffalo than anywhere else. You look at the team Josh Allen had when he first got in the league. He's learning from Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron. Peterman's somehow still in the NFL. McCarron's a backup on the Falcons. His offensive line, only one starter, not only starts in this league, the only one that plays in the league in general. 
Not even on a roster. Now, I'm not 100% confident in that, but I'm, if I remember correctly, that's right. His number one receiver was Kelvin Benjamin. Shady McCoy could not move to save his life, not necessarily anything on him. His offensive line sucked. You think the Bills beat the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota if Josh Rosen's their quarterback? Not a chance in hell does that happen. Josh Rosen does not jump over Anthony Barr. Josh Rosen does not beat every Viking to the corner of the end zone diving towards the pylon. Josh Rosen doesn't do that. People want to compare the situation. Oh, Josh Allen's got a great coach. Yes, John McDermott and Brian Dable are great coaches. The team he inherited was awful. The Cardinals had the 15th pick when they drafted Rosen. They traded up to 10. They had some, you know, they're a bad team, but they weren't horrific. They had no off the line, which was a big problem. He had better pieces there than in Buffalo, which is sad to say. And Josh Allen progressively got better. He had no attitude problems. This dude got told no a thousand times. He sent out a thousand emails to coaches, got no replies. Played at JUCO. Went to Wyoming. His most notable trait coming out of college was the Idaho Potato Bowl MVP. And there's a reason he went before Josh Rosen. And the main thing is the attitude. That's the main reason Josh Allen went before Josh Rosen. Sure, the arm, the size, very big. Josh Rosen did not have the mentality to play in Buffalo. Josh Rosen, during the draft, literally said, there were nine mistakes taken ahead of me, and I'm going to make sure all of them know. They all know it was a mistake. I'd say six titles, but if Tom Brady gets six, I'll say seven. Josh Rosen on his career goals. What? The Browns were fresh off an 0-16 season. The Jets were terrible. Jets have always been terrible. Apart from that one random blip in the 60s. Or 70s, my bad. No, 70s. Whatever, Super Bowl three. whatever. Awful. <laughs> Man, part of me, again, part of me feels bad for Josh Rosen. Part of me feels like this karma. There was a time, it was freshman year, so Josh Rose was a freshman phenom at UCLA. And then his next year, got hurt. And then was dropping out of pretty much everyone's first round draft boards. And the next year he had a good year again. Pre-draft stuff did not benefit Josh Rose. If he just kept his mouth shut, he might have gone earlier than that, than number 10. But man. (laughs) Ugh. It's a weird circumstance with Josh Rosen. Uber talented dude. Now he also has the famous quote of, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it exactly, so I shouldn't say famous quote. It's famous paraphrase, I guess, because I don't remember exactly how it went. If football is a workout, I don't need football to work out pretty much. I got money. Like he, wouldn't, he wouldn't struggle if he didn't make it in the NFL. That's pretty much what he said. And now he's cut from the 49ers. And I watched that preseason game this week against the Chiefs. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised whatsoever he got cut. Good Lord. Played terrible. Threw an interception right to the chest of the defender. I don't know if it's all mental now. Like, he's just completely lost the arrogance that he had in the 2018 NFL draft and just replaced it with the confidence level of a bobblehead. 
I don't know what happened here, but it's something's not right. And I don't know where the hell he goes. I think the most logical place is like the Rams or something. It's from California, went to college in UCLA. I don't know. Matt Stafford, I doubt he's getting hurt, but he'd be better than. I don't even know who their back quarterback is right now. But man, he ain't going to the Chargers. We can just X out all these teams. Of all the teams that have solid NFL quarterbacks or teams that have a freaking plan in place like we're talking about. Look at the NFL. He ain't going to the Bills. He ain't going to the Dolphins again. He ain't going to the Patriots. He ain't going to the Jets. Cowboys. Eh, he might go to the Cowboys. I don't really have a backup quarterback unless I'm completely forgetting somebody. Giants. I guess I could see the Giants. Daniel Jones. No one really knows about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is more athletic. Than Josh Rosen. I think more people like his mentality than Josh Rosen. Eagles, maybe. Just every team in the NFC East. <laughs> That's the teams you could go to. And then maybe the Steelers. Steelers make sense to me. Who else? Is that pretty much it? The NFC East and the Steelers? Broncos, I guess. I doubt they would do anything for him, but go back to the Cardinals because Murray's back up. I guess they got Colt McCoy there, but... So the NFC East and the Steelers and Broncos are my, what, six destinations, possible destinations for him to compete for a roster spot. I'm not even going to give him the chance to compete for a backup spot. He's just going to compete for a roster spot. Man. So if you look at the teams that drafted this year, the Patriots, Jets, 49ers, team he just got cut from, then the Jaguars and the Bears... They're feeling pretty good. Even the Vikings and the Buccaneers. With Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond. They're feeling pretty damn good about themselves right now. Colts seem like they're having fun with Sam Ellinger. So, I don't, I don't know where he goes. There's, it's going to be tough. Let's just say that. It's going to be tough. He's got the talent of an NFL quarterback. That's, not, that's undeniable. He's got the talent. I don't know if he has the attitude for it. Because there's a difference between being confident and arrogant. And he is arrogant, not confident. They're completely different things there. But yeah, about the teams with the new quarterbacks, the rookies. We saw them in action. We even saw Jordan Love play this weekend. Which he had a really nice throw down the middle. I think it was Titanian. Could be wrong. Can't remember exactly who he threw to. It was a tight end, I think. Didn't watch the Packers play. Couldn't care less. <laughs> Barely watched, didn't watch the Bills game because I was watching Fast and Furious. Didn't really care to watch, you know, the MVP, Mitchell Trubisky, Davis Webb, and Jake Fromm. Didn't really care. Sorry. I only really, like I talked about, I think, when was this? We won a preseason football rant not too long ago about unless you have a rookie quarterback, preseason football is not worth watching. It's not, you don't really watch preseason for, I mean, you could watch your running backs, but there's going to be some linemen that sit out. Like, quarterbacks are the only thing you really watch in preseason. And if I was looking at all these preseason games, out of the rookie quarterbacks, and we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars, Zach Wilson, the Jets, Trey Lance, the Niners, Justin Fields, and then with the Bears, and then Mac Jones with the Patriots. The Patriots will start with them first. Mac Jones got a lot of love after that first preseason game. Ran a lot of plays similar to what they ran with Tom Brady. So very similar quarterback to that. Very high preparation, not great athlete, good arm, or decent arm, 
Brady had a better arm than Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is extremely accurate. Anticipatory, anticipate, is that right? Anticipatory, very anticipatory thrower. <laughs> he, just, he knows where the receiver is going to be. He's a very smart guy. Let's just put it like that. Out of the quarterbacks, though, out of those five, if you're just based on athletic ability, which is what we do nowadays, he's got the lowest ceiling pretty much by far. But I think he's going to be a very good quarterback in this league because he's a very smart, very accurate quarterback. And he moves well in the pocket. For being as slow or perceived slow as he is, he moves well in the pocket. I'll give him credit for that. And I don't... I, I messaged T-Boy, we just talked about, Thursday night. Or what, Friday morning, Thursday night, whatever. About what are Mac Jones' chances of beating Cam Newton? Beating out Cam Newton. At some point. I, I might have said week one. I don't have the tweet up. I sent him in his DM. And he was like, zero. There's 0% chance he starts week one. I get that a lot. I think he's very, rem- uh, very, he resembles a lot of Tom Brady, which is why everybody was linking him to the Patriots in the first place. But man, complete the antithesis of Cam Newton. Good Lord. I hope for Cam, we talked about this a thousand times. I hope this is Cam's last season. Not for anything against Cam or anything like that. Health reasons only. That is why I want Cam out of the league. He's not healthy. His throwing motion is whack. He gets hurt. Not, he didn't get hurt a lot, but you can tell. He's not well. His body's failing him. And you can get mad at me all you want, but I'm also going to say this. Well, I'm saying that he should retire. He's not a Hall of Famer. I know a lot of people like to say that. He's not. There's a lot of quarterbacks that have won MVPs that are not Hall of Famers. There's quarterbacks that have won more. Cam Newton never had back-to-back winning seasons. The Carolina Panthers and organization have never had back-to-back winning seasons. So if you put together an MVP season, have a career completion percentage of under 50, under 60, minus one year where, you know who the outlier was? He checked down to Christian McCaffrey like every freaking play. <laughs> Look at the rates of his career. Now I'm not saying completion percentage is the end-all, be-all for accuracy because there's a lot of different variables that go into place when it regards to completion percentage and accuracy. Completion percentage doesn't show you ball placement and that stuff. It doesn't show you if the receiver dropped it or not. It just goes, was the pass complete or not? It be the greatest throw ever and receiver goes right through the receiver's hands. doesn't show on completion percentage, but it is something we can talk about. Cam won an MVP on a relatively easy schedule. You can't go 15-1 one year and then go, what, 7-9? 6-10? whatever, the next year? You can't do that. That's against the rules. Can't go 15 and 1 and not have a winning season. At least a winning season. Like 9 and 7. That's all you're asking for. You can't do it. You can't do that. Like, Phil Sims won two Super Bowls. <laughs> He's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, well, <laughs> I'm not comparing Phil Sims to Cam Newton. Boomer Sison won an MVP. Steve McNair won an MVP. Michael Vick. Hasn't won anything. And people talk about him in the Hall of Fame. He won't make it. But, yeah, Cam's not a Hall of Famer. Great quarterback on his day. But Hall of Famer, nah. That's not a bad thing. You were a really good quarterback. Just because you weren't a Hall of Famer doesn't mean you was a bad quarterback. Which is what we kind of perceive at times. Like, if you weren't a Hall of Famer, how good were you really? Randall Cunningham's not a Hall of Famer. I don't know. 
That's what I'm going to say about Cam. But then moving on, we have the other rookies. I don't remember the exact order. I just remember the Patriots played first. They played the Washington football team, I think. Didn't watch the game. Sorry. But I've seen a lot of Mac Jones from that game. Because you can, you can do that now. You can do that kind of stuff now. And then we're just going to go in the order of the rest of them. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, didn't look great. He had a couple good throws. Nothing fantastic. They got Trey Lance. He had that one, what, 80-yard pass? And what what was after that? Pretty much nothing. Now, the 80-yard pass is very impressive stuff, but when you go 5 for 14, that's not great. But 128 yards, one touchdown, no picks. That's pretty good. That's what you like to see. Josh Rosen went 10 for 15 <laughs> with an interception. got cut because <laughs> the interception was awful, and he was going up against third stringers. But yeah, Trey Lance, he, much like Mac, he won't see a lot of action this year. The 80-yard pass gets people excited. And it's a good throw. A long throw. But I doubt he'll play a lot. There's a very slim chance he plays every single game. I mean, it is inevitable that Jimmy Garoppolo will get hurt. It's been written in every single career of his, every single year of his career. He's gotten hurt at some point. Other than I think the Super Bowl year, I think he played all 16 games. But he does not play all season. He will get hurt at some point. So Lance will play. I don't know how soon, though. That's the real question here. How soon will he play? Because I don't think he's really that ready. There is the argument, though, we've talked about this before, of Trey Lance has sat out for a year. You don't want him to sit out too long. Because there's a lot of talent in there. But then you look at it and go, wow. This dude has not played a lot of football recently. So you can look at that in two ways. Oh, he hasn't played a lot of football any time soon. I mean, recently. So he should play. But he also got, he hasn't played any football recently. And it shows. There's flashes. He's got an extremely high ceiling. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. And this is not saying he's the best quarterback in this class. His ceiling is higher than any other quarterback in this class, but his floor is also lower than anybody else's. There is a wide range of things he could be. Exact same thing as Josh Allen. Josh Allen's ceiling in the 2018 draft class was extremely high. His floor was even lower than what Trey Lance's is, because at least Trey Lance won a national title, was their entire offense... Josh Allen did not come to the NFL off the back of an amazing season at Wyoming. He had an alright season at Wyoming. He got bullied against Iowa and was named the Idaho Potato Bowl MVP. That was his last season. <laughs> so yeah, that's the whole thing with Trey Lance. He could be the best quarterback in this draft class. Easily. The problem is... Could also be the worst. <laughs> now that can be go for anybody. I won't wish being the worst quarterback on any quarterback in this draft class. I won't. I don't want any quarterback to be bad. As a person that played the position, not necessarily like the most amazing quarterback of all time. Pretty damn close, but not the best. Not the best. I want Trey Lance to succeed. As a guy that went to UNI, watched a lot of North Dakota State football, watched them play UNI. I want Trey Lance to do very well. And he's in a system and win a, with the coaching staff and with the players to succeed. We just need him to realize that. And learning from Jimmy Garoppolo from 
either a year, just half the year. When Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, that's fine. Goes in and dominates. Because he can do it. He can do it. And now, the last two quarterbacks. The two best quarterbacks from this weekend. Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Now, I would like to say this. Justin Fields put up better numbers than Zach Wilson. Zach, Justin Fields played the Miami Dolphins on Saturday, 120-13. Justin Fields went 20 for 14, 142 yards and a touchdown. Also had 33 rushing yards and a touchdown. Zach Wilson, on Sunday, I believe, maybe this was on Saturday as well, whatever, I, they won as well. 12-7. to 7. Zach Wilson went 6 for 9 with 63 yards. Didn't play as much. He played, I think, the first quarter. I don't know how much he played after that. But Justin, Zach Wilson, almost said Justin Fields, had more impressive throws than Justin Fields. Justin Fields scrambled in the end zone for his touchdown. was great. Great play. But there were a lot of throws that were relatively easy to make. Now, he had a couple of really nice throws. But Zach Wilson, I know a lot of people dislike him for reasons I don't really get. Want to see him fail? I, I don't know. Just what people do. Just because they like Justin Fields more than Zach Wilson, that means they automatically hate Zach Wilson. That's not the case. Just because you think Tom Brady's the GOAT doesn't mean you dislike Joe Montana or Peyton Manning. I love Peyton Manning. I love Joe Montana. Brady's the GOAT. <laughs> I love Messi. Messi's the GOAT. I don't hate Ronaldo as much as it sounds like I hate Ronaldo. I don't. It's more of the fact I hate Ronaldo stands or whatever you want to call them. Sam Darnold, same thing. I don't hate Sam Darnold whatsoever. The people that defend him religiously, I don't get. And I've said that for the past, like, two years. And we roasted the shit out of him last year. Remember that? That was so awesome. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. But Zach Wilson looks really good. It, they're both. All these rookies will have chances to succeed. All these guys are in places that they can do well. The one that's in the worst situation, unsurprisingly, is the one that was drafted first overall. And I think Zach Wilson, this might be a hot take. I'm going to, we got, I finished my NFL preview today. Now, I didn't film it. I've got all the records, the wards, and all that stuff, stats, statistical leaders, and all that stuff figured out. This might be a controversial take. I don't think it is. Zach Wilson, and I'm saying this on August 17th, 2021. I think Zach Wilson will lead rookies in passing yards. This can completely bite me in the ass, and I am perfectly okay with that. I've talked about this a hundred times. I am perfectly fine with being wrong. Perfectly fine with being called out for being wrong. But if I'm not wrong, if I don't feel I'm wrong, I'll let you know. <laughs> and this is a pretty cut and dry one. Because there's numbers to back this up. And the reason why I think Zach Wilson will lead the, the rookies in passing yards is pretty, pretty simple. The first one being, Zach Wilson, to me, is the only one guaranteed to play every single game. Unless he gets hurt, obviously. Bypassing injuries... Zach Wilson will play every game. There's no competition for the New York Jets starting job. There's none. They haven't brought it up because there's not. There's one player on the Jets team that has thrown a pass for them, and that's Jamison Crowder. None of the quarterbacks on this Jets team have thrown a pass in the NFL. I shouldn't say in the NFL. For the Jets. Now you got Josh Johnson on the roster, who's played in the NFL for many years, very good quarterback. Uh, he's not going to get appreciated as much, but Josh Johnson can play the position very well. 
And I hope he's the backup to Zach Wilson this year. But then you got Mike White from UCF. And then you got James Morgan from FIU, who they drafted in 2020. Who the Bills were apparently looking at. <laughs> but they drafted Jake Fromm. Because the Jets drafted Morgan right before they could. I think they jumped the Bills to get him, if I remember correctly. But like, if you look at all the different teams, that all the first-round quarterbacks, we're going to exclude the third-round quarterbacks and the second-round guys. Kellen Mond ain't playing. Kyle Trask ain't playing. I guess Davis Mills has a chance, and I guess Sam Ellinger has a chance. Because Mills has Tyrod Taylor to compete with, but Tyrod won't get hurt. That's the issue blocking Davis Mills. Tyrod Taylor, unless it's some freak accident, <laughs> like last year where he got his lungs punctured, he won't get hurt. Kellen Mond is uber-talented. I think he's more talented than Kirk Cousins. I mean, we've talked. I'm not going to go over the talent versus good thing. We've talked about that enough on this show. But I think he's more talented than Kirk Cousins. But Kirk, like Tyrod, won't get hurt. And Kirk realistically won't put himself in a situation to get benched. Kirk is a good quarterback. I don't think he deserves anywhere near the amount of hate he gets. I think it's just because he's corny and it's fun to make fun of. Because he's very corny and very fun to make fun of. <laughs> but he won't. He's not a bad quarterback. But Trevor Lawrence has Gardner Minshew. Now, I think there's a very low chance Gardner Minshew starts week one, but it's not zero because Gardner Minshew is better than all the quarterbacks on the Jets, apart from Zach Wilson. He's better than all of them. Gardner Minshew has a lot of experience starting in the NFL. Started his first season in the NFL, almost started every game. Has put up good numbers in the NFL. No, do I think he's a starter? No, but he is a good backup. He's got a good attitude, which is what will carry him, like we talked about with Rosen. Minshew will not back down to Trevor Lawrence. There are some quarterbacks out there that will just back down to the number one overall pick. He will not do that. And that's why I really like Gardner Minshew. And even though I think there is a very small chance Minshew starts week one, it's not zero. It's not zero. I think there's about a 10% chance Minshew starts week one. Which is not very high of a percentage, but it's better than every other quarterback on the Jets. Mike White, James Moore, and Josh Johnson are not starting week one for the New York Jets. It is Zach Wilson's job to lose. I mean, it, literally, ever since he got drafted, he started the preseason game. Like, he, he, ain't, he ain't getting benched for anybody. Then you've got Trey Lance. He shouldn't play a lot this year. Jimmy Garoppolo has gone to a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback when healthy. The problem is he just can't stay healthy. So, in the best ability, I talked about this all throughout the draft process, the best ability is availability, and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have that, which is why they drafted Trey Lance at three. But Trey Lance won't and shouldn't play a lot of football this year. Then you got Justin Fields, who I think will play a lot this year, but I don't, knowing what I think I know about Matt Nagy, I don't think he'll play Justin Fields right away. The fans will need it, and Matt Nagy's on the hot seat. He's on the hottest seat out of all these coaches. Robert Sala's a rookie. Urban Meyer's a rookie. Kyle Shanahan getting fired. Bill Belichick ain't getting fired. <laughs> Matt Nagy might. Matt Nagy's really lucky he didn't get fired last year. Or this past year. Because he didn't draft his quarterback. But. There's our stupid GM. <laughs> I forget his name. What is his name? Oh my god. The Bears GM. Ryan Pace. I almost I was completely blanking about their GM. He's drafted a quarterback. Why the hell is he still here? But. Justin Fields will play. 
I bet Justin Fields plays around week four. And that's where I think he'll play. Because Andy Dalton will be there. Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. Andy Dalton will not get benched based off bad play. I don't think. Andy Dalton will get benched because of the fans who want Justin Fields in. That's my logic, I guess, behind Justin Fields not playing right away. Because, I mean, if you look at the start of their schedule... They have two relatively easy games for their standards, for what the standards the Bears hold themselves to. It's the Bengals and Lions. The other two teams they play are the Rams and the Browns, both on the road, which is not beneficial for them. Two very nice teams, and the Browns have a vastly improved defense, and the Rams are coming off the season where they just had the number one ranked defense in the league. That's not beneficial for Andy Dalton. But... I he's going to have to post a 0.0 QBR to get benched in that first game. Then you play the Raiders. Then you play your first division game against the Packers and the Bucks. Then the Niners. That stretch, Packers, Bucks, Niners, is where I think they'll probably pull the plug. If not, and you want to give Justin Fields like a warm-up game, go to the Raiders, I guess. I don't want to disrespect the Raiders. I just I don't think the Raiders will be that amazing this year. They have a lot of question marks on defense. That might be a game where you do that. The Lions, same thing. You have two games, weeks four and five, where I think would be perfect for Justin Fields to start. And then it'll be his for the rest of the year. But I don't think he'll start right away. And then Mac Jones, we already talked about, he's not going to play right away. Zach Wilson's the only quarterback that's going to play right away. Guaranteed. Because again, there's a chance, though small, Minshew starts. It's small, but there's a chance. Zach Wilson is 100%. Okay. I shouldn't say 100%. Because I, my dad and I were just talking about this in the car. Just in life in general. There's chances, there, there's very low chances things will happen. It's never zero. It's never zero. There's always, it might be the smallest percentage. But there's a chance it happens. That There is a chance, though very small, a gorilla comes in your room and beats you up. There's a very small chance, but it could happen. It could. <laughs> Weird analogy, but it could. Like, I give Zach Wilson a 99.99% chance to start week one. And the Jets also, compared to the other teams that drafted quarterbacks, let's just look, focus on the ones that will play. Lawrence and Fields, and Wilson, obviously. You look at their rosters and what they did during the draft, the Jets, I think, come away offensively Looking very, very strong. They're not strong, but good. Comparatively to what they've been. Shouldn't say strong. Don't say strong about the Jets. <laughs> you come away from this draft with a quarterback. You trade up to 14 and draft the uber-versatile Elijah Vera Tucker from UCLA. Or USC, sorry. Don't want to confuse the two. They're rivals. And then the second round, you draft Elijah Moore. Somehow you traded up in the draft and kept your second-round pick. And got Elijah Moore in the second, which was awesome bit of business, who's a first-round wide receiver easily. Put up huge numbers at Ole Miss. Monster numbers. And dude wasn't a first-round pick. Based off the fact he's 5'10", 178. That's pretty much it. Every other measurable, statistical-wise, statistic-wise, Elijah Moore's a first-rounder. And that's why he only fell to the second pick in the second round. And then in the fourth round, you get Javante Williams. Or not, no, Javante Williams, he's the other North Carolina guy. He went to Denver, second round. Michael Carter. You get Michael Carter in the fourth round. 
Like, how, how does this happen? This is not what the Jets do. The Jets do not make good decisions in the draft, historically. But this has been a key thing, or been a very, I don't know if you want to call it a vocal thing, but a very important factor in the Jets is they're run by smart people now. Joe Douglas is a very smart GM. Robert Sala is a very smart coach, or just a very smart person. These are two very smart people. And then the Jets also went out this offseason and got Corey Davis from Tennessee coming off a career year. Like, that's what you want. You want Elijah Morris and Corey Davis's to come in. You got Tevin Coleman as well. Like, this is... Tevin Coleman could be your third down back. Michael Carter would be that every down back. Michael Carter, I think, will probably lead the rookies in rushing yards. Because I, I like Najee Harris a lot, and he's the obvious candidate for that. Travis Etienne I like as well, but Etienne... I think they'll like to split out wide at times. Uh, Najee Harris, tougher division, tougher defenses, not a great off the line. So you're going to have to fight a lot. But I think Michael Carter could do that. I think Michael Carter could definitely lead the league, or not league, but lead the, like yeah, league in rushing for rookies, I guess. You also got Chris Herndon. There's a lot of hype around Chris Herndon. Tyler Croft came from Buffalo. Very exciting there. Already talked about Vera Tucker, Makai Becton. One of the biggest human beings on the freaking planet to play left tackle? Like, <laughs> you have to look at the Jets. And they're a very easy team to make fun of. We've made fun of for a very long time. As a Bills fan, it's very easy to make fun of the New York Jets. Very easy. But they're, they've got nice pieces in place. And I'm kind of giving away my Jets thing when I go over my NFL season preview, which will come out. Uh, I'm going to try for next Thursday. We got another video coming out on Thursday, so make sure you stay tuned for that. It'll be posted sometime on Thursday. Haven't filmed it yet. We'll film it tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Posted Thursday morning, probably around ten. I don't know. I'm gonna start trying. Another keyword: try to post videos on Thursday because we had a lot of success with the Gold Cup stuff. The Gold Cup is a very easy thing to make videos about, and it has been successful for me. My most viewed videos on my channel, apart from the Will McIlvain interview, have been the Gold Cup videos. I have a video with almost a thousand views from the USA versus Guyana. Like, and the game that, <laughs> this, the other most viewed video on my channel, it's the United States versus Qatar. So like, these two teams, Guyana and Qatar, relatively, to people in the United States, don't know a lot about. <laughs> but those videos, bang. And that's a little hint. We're going to talk about the United States. We've got World Cup qualifying coming up in early September. Thursday will be a two weeks away from the first World Cup qualifying game for the United States. We're going to go over the top three teams in the United States, like A team, B, C, T, B team, C team, and then create a 2022 World Cup squad. So we're completely bypassing the World Cup qualifiers and just basically praying that they make the World Cup. Because like I thought in the past where there's no chance they didn't miss the World Cup, there's always a chance. Might not be zero. It's never, there's always a chance. It's never zero. And that's what I thought back then. Thought there was zero percent chance the United States missed the World Cup. But we're going to start making videos. The preview will be out hopefully two Thursdays from, or yeah, not this Thursday, but the next one. Because I think that's two weeks away from the first NFL game. So Buccaneers, Cowboys. If I'm not mistaken, i got to double-check that. If you could double-check that for me, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> but this team is not going to be good this year. 
like, we, we can laugh, and I think it was a C.J. Mosley quote that said, basically, if you think, if you're doubting us, okay, here it is. Strong words from C.J. Mosley. If opponents are, quote, sleeping on the Jets, you're going to get your ass blown out. Now, I really doubt that because we just watched the Jets team win two games this year. Now, I like the coaching staff. I like Mike LaFleur a lot. Really good hire as an offensive coordinator. I think he fits perfectly with what Zach Wilson wants to do. Or his skill set. Zach Wilson fits perfectly what Mike LaFleur, what Mike LaFleur is going to do. Not the other way around. <laughs> you don't hire an offensive coordinator because he goes, yeah, you're going to have to do what the quarterback says. And the offensive coordinator is the boss right here. <laughs> but Zach Wilson's uber talented. You can hate on Zach Wilson all you want. And it's fun. Yeah, you, you love to hate on things. It's like the player haters ball from Dave Chappelle. I love to hate on things. But Zach Wilson, this could come back again, come back, come back to bite me in the ass. I think Zach Wilson will lead the rookies in passing yards. Because again, he's the only one that's guaranteed, to my estimation, to play every single game, unless barring injury, obviously. He is the only rookie that you know exactly. I mean, you got Allen Robinson in Chicago, but David Montgomery's hurt. Darnell Mooney was fun last year. Will he be able to do the same things this year? They got a thousand tight ends. Their O-line's a work in progress. The Jets' O-line's better than the Bears' O-line. It's true. <laughs> you can hate it all you want. I think the Bears will be a better team. But, man, I, I didn't believe I'd say this, but I don't think the Jets are that far off. They had a really good draft. Zach Wilson's uber-talented. Out of the quarterbacks that are going to play this year, he has the best arm. Out of the rookies. Best arm. Yeah. Zach Wilson set up to succeed in New York. Which is very weird to say for the Jets. Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are two really good wide receivers to have for a rookie quarterback. We've already heard A.J. Brown talking about how good Elijah Moore is. And he'd bet all of his money that Elijah Moore wins rookie of the year. Which I don't think he will. If anybody won rookie of the year from the Jets, it'd be the guy that's throwing the football. Because you look at what happened with the Cowboys. Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott went off their two rookie years. Dak took home rookie of the year. He's the quarterback. If you're on the same team, like quarterback and running back or wide receiver on the same team, and they're all running for the same award, about 90% of the time the quarterback's going to walk away with the award. I mean, that's just how it works. It's a quarterback-driven league. And Zach Wilson, though he has, uh, he has some, I don't want to call flags, but... A little smaller, okay? I don't like the whole he comes from money thing. That's some a bullshit argument. I don't like that one at all. And I love, we talked about this a shit ton during the draft, about how the unnamed scout is talking about Zach Wilson's character, where you won't come out and say you're <laughs> who you are. Because doesn't that kind of counteract what you're saying? I don't think Zach Wilson has a good character, but I'm not going to tell him who I am. I don't, I'm scared. My character's so high, I want to protect it. That's why I'm hiding. <laughs> it's BS. That's the dumbest. I. That is such a stupid quote. Even be, even when it goes unnamed AFC scout or whatever it was, in an unnamed coach, you can't make that argument and go, I want to rename, remain anonymous. That's not how this works. <laughs> Zach Wilson also came from BYU. Didn't play a lot of great teams. Not to any fall of his own or BYU's own. They were in independent school. Conferences that they were playing said we're not playing out of conference games. Not BYU's fault. Can't control that. Unless you say they could, they shouldn't have left the Mountain West, but whatever. Zach Wilson's good. 
He's very good. And I'm excited to see what he does. It's not often I'm excited to see what a Jets quarterback does, but I'm very excited to see what Zach Wilson can do. He's got the arm talent. He's got the mobility. He's got the ad-lib ability to be a very solid quarterback in the NFL. I'm not going to say he's a Hall of Famer before he's played a single snap in the NFL. I'm also not going to say he's going to be a bust before he's played a single snap in the NFL. Because people have done that before, and people still say that about Josh Allen. And those people had their heads so far up their ass, it's a hat. It's not even a hat. You're wearing a freaking mask at this point. Your ass mask. Is that a new phrase? I just made it up. That's what people are doing with their Josh Allen takes. Oh, I thought Josh Allen would be a bust. So now I've got to live and die on that hill. It's a pretty dumb thing to die for, isn't it? And I hope the same thing doesn't happen to Zach Wilson just because he got drafted before Justin Fields. I don't think that's fair. He didn't control that. Coaches did. And if you watch him, for even the little bit that you need to watch him, you can see he's got stuff there. I'm not saying he's a thousand times better than Justin Fields, but I think he had a better day than Justin Fields did. I think... His, I was I was playing with a charger, <laughs> and I dropped it. I think he had better throws. He didn't play as much as Justin Fields, but I think his throws were more impressive. So I would probably, if I was ranking the rookies, like, in regards to their debuts, probably go Zach Wilson, number one, Justin Fields, number two, and Mac Jones, third, and then you could have a toss-up pretty much between Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. I'm probably going to go Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence didn't do a lot. That's the problem. <laughs> he didn't, didn't do anything terrible, but he didn't look great either. So I'd probably put him at the bottom. I don't know. Trey Lance showed you his talent. He just showed he's also very raw, which is the problem. So, yeah, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. That's how I rank the rookies on their debuts. Now, it's not saying that's what their NFL careers will be. It's one freaking preseason game. There's not a lot to take away from preseason football. It's a nice barometer, but it's not something that we can go, oh, yeah, this is what he's going to be after one preseason game. You can't do that. It's not fair to anybody. But, yeah, Zach Wilson, I think he is set up for success in New York. I get the dis- I, I get why people don't like him to a certain extent, the, the money thing's not something I buy. I mean, I his family's not struggling by any means necessary, but I'm not going to use that as a character bashing of Zach Wilson. I hate when people do that. I hate It's one of my things I hate when people do. I don't like you because you came for money. So? That's a dumb thing to hate somebody for. They didn't control that. They didn't go... Oh, please let me be born to a rich family because they didn't have that thought process. They didn't decide where they were going to end up. It just happened. Now you can also go, everything happens for a reason, but don't hate Zach Wilson because he came for money. He didn't control that. Don't hate Zach Wilson because he got drafted from before Justin Fields. He didn't control that. Okay? Stop that. That's stupid. It's a very dumb argument to make. Bashing someone's character just because they came for money. Now, I don't know. Zach Wilson could be the biggest douchebag of all time. Never talked to him. But I've also never heard anything that goes, wow, this guy sucks. All the arguments that have been made against him have been proven wrong pretty easily by his own teammates. And I played in a locker. I played college football for two years. If you're a good teammate, 
your players will back you. If you're not, they'll let you know. Not just a bunch of dick riders in college football. No. There are people from different backgrounds that like you and hate you. There's 100 players on a college football team. I've not heard one player on BYU say a bad thing about Zach Wilson. That's what I'm going to judge right now. So, yeah. That's what I'm going to end it on. I don't think he has the attitude problems with Trevor, uh, geez, Josh Rosen. That's pretty much it. It's an easy comparison to make. When we were talking about comparing the 2018 to the 2021 draft class, there's five quarterbacks taken in each. We talked about which quarterbacks which one. Like, Trevor Lawrence is Sam Darnold. Trey Lance is Josh Allen. Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. Mitch, or not Mitch, um... Baker Mayfield's Mac Jones. Zach Wilson is Josh Rosen. It's not what it's going to be in their careers. Just comparing situations. Zach Wilson has more talent than Josh Rosen does. It's just simple. <laughs> but that's the comparison you make because he comes from money. He doesn't have an attitude. From what I can tell, Zach Wilson doesn't have an attitude problem. So I'm excited to see what he does. I hope he, I wish him nothing. I wish all of them nothing but success in the NFL unless they're playing the Bills which Mac Jones and Zach Wilson will have to do on a twice-a-year basis once they, once Mac Jones eventually gets a starting job in New England. But that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. And if you didn't, I apologize. That's all I can do. Uh, go and follow me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and, of course, go follow me on the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts, which is what you listen to me on. So, yeah, that's all I've got for you today. Fun show. We'll be back hopefully on Friday. Sorry again about missing Monday. I'll try not to do it again, but it was a busy-ass weekend. All my own doing. I didn't need to do any of it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of had to do the suck truck thing. But I didn't need to watch Fast and Furious. I didn't need I didn't need that much excitement in one night. I didn't need to go out with friends. I didn't need to go to Adventureland, but it's fun. So I missed the show. I apologize. I'll miss more shows just because I'm human and like doing things. If I'm tired, I'm not going to go up and do it. I've recorded like 150 shows. On just Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I've recorded like 500 shows since this thing started. I'm going to miss shows. I apologize for that. But I'm try- I am try not to miss shows because I don't like missing shows. Even though I don't make any money from this, I don't like missing shows. I like being consistent with this. Okay? So that's all I've got to you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, again, sorry. So that's all I've got. See you later. Hopefully on Friday. Peace.